from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We're going to catch up with Jeremy Markovich from the NC Rabbit Hole here shortly. Our weekly visit with Jeremy, who finds the weird and unique items in the state of North Carolina. He is the man who broke the news about Texas Pete. I don't care what anyone else says. Everyone else was late to the party after Jeremy Markovich. That's the kind of story we're talking about here when we talk to Jeremy Markovich from the NC Rabbit Hole. We're going to give away those tickets, too, to the Panthers in about 20 minutes. But first, let's welcome in Jeremy's smiling face to this program. Jeremy, how are you today? I'm doing great. I hope you are. I am well. I hope you heard that I gave you a shout-out there for your Texas Pete story because I feel like you were on the cutting edge of that, and I don't, I'm not feeling like you're getting enough credit for your role in Look, that story. I, I mean, I mean, I, I gave it a tiny nudge. I, I, you know, you give it a little bit of water and the joke. So, you know, it, these things happen sometimes. Um, it's fun to watch that story kind of get spread around and, like, everybody – it's fun to watch people discover that don't know that Texas Pete is made in North Carolina. That's the best part when it dawns on people that they've, they've, they've been getting this wrong their whole life. Well, that was your hook. Cause you find unique stories that relate to the state of North Carolina, but it's like the idiocy of a, of a person who is bringing a lawsuit because he felt like he was duped by Texas Pete, not being a product from Texas as if the quality of the hot sauce would be affected by its origin. I mean, so this is the so I, I meant to mention this last time we talked about this, but I had a friend in college uh, from Milwaukee who would go and like like his bus when he was in high school would drive past all of like the big breweries and that sort of thing. And one time he saw me drinking in Milwaukee's best. The beast. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he was like looking. He's like, no, no, what, what, what are you drinking? I'm like Milwaukee's best. He's like, what, what is that? And he like he was from Milwaukee. He had never heard of Milwaukee's best. So so naming something after a place, even if it has nothing to do with that place, uh, is not an uncommon practice. That's fair. All right, Jeremy Markovich from the NC Rabbit Hole. What do we have this week? I, I'm I'm seeing a story about pyramid shaped homes. Before we get into this, where in the world do you find this stuff? Are you a one man band? First of all, do you find all this stuff on your own? Uh, it's a mix. It's getting to the point where like people are now like, Hey, here's a weird thing. And they just, it just shows up on my feed. Now they like okay. send it directly. To me. And this was one of those things. It was like one of those, like, uh, uh, I forget, like one of those like Zillow Twitter accounts. That's like, Hey, this is weird. We saw this on Zillow. Zillow look at this. And that's where these, these two pyramids that are for sale in the town of Rockwell, which is near Salisbury out in okay. the country. And, and so they showed up and, and if you look at it, there's a big red pyramid. There's a big blue pyramid. And uh, that's it. And you can see like the inside of it. And and I just got curious, like who, who builds two pyramids in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina? Like, why would you do this? And, and trace this all the way back to uh, this, this, this story obviously has an NC state hook. Um, somebody that uh, went through the school of design a long time ago at NC state and became an architect in Salisbury and, and, and was building sort of like regular things around Salisbury, like homes and churches and library branches, things that are sort of, you know, mostly regular and, and maybe don't have a ton of imagination. And so when he had the chance to build his own home, 
he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build two giant pyramids for me and my family to live in. And that is what he did. Check it out on ncrabbithole.com. I'm laughing because I'm about to ask you a really strange question, and, and you get many of those. <coughs> but I feel like you this this rabbit hole and these mysteries that you solve, I feel like you're our modern version of Jessica Lansbury. Like I feel like you are our murder she wrote. And th- you're not solving murders, obviously. But are you okay with Angela Lansbury's passing this week? And also, are you okay if I just say, yeah, you, you know, you're the murder she wrote uh, of quirky North Carolina items? Yeah, I mean, I mean, North Carolina is kind of like Cabot Cove without all the killing, I think. And and it really is like one of these things. It was her, right? Like, there, yeah, there can't yeah, be that know. many murders without it being her. Yeah, I saw something this week. It's like, you know, this is really on the city council of Cabot Cove. Like, there's just way too many murders there for a town of its size. Um, this is really a structural problem, not a, not a problem with, with uh, Jessica Fletcher. You know, like, it is one of those things where I, it is, it's almost like a fun exercise. Like, I wonder if I can pull this off. And, like, some are very, like, some things that people ask are like, well really you can just kind of find the answer to that on wikipedia like it takes five minutes of of just going online to to look at it um and some of the stuff that really is like well i you know two or three of these stories i had just sort of given up on and then like months later somebody will respond to me and it just leads you to interesting places i mean like honestly half of the fun isn't like necessarily um figuring out what the answer is it is like the journey to get there because you learn about so many different strange communities and things that people are doing it's just a blast so you know even if even the mystery is solved there's usually a lot of fun detours along the way at least for me i don't know if this raises to your level of expertise but i would like for you or someone to find me the person who came up with the cheaters never win chant from pnc arena i want the specific person i don't i know it was section 328 but i want the person Mm -hmm. who came up with that chant because now it's adopted by the, the video board, and it's like part of the in-arena experience now. And it all started with an innocent chant all these years ago. So I, if I put you on that, is that is that below your station, or is that something that would fall under no. your purview? No, that would work. I think I think uh, my, my guess would be that that might be tough because that's one of those things where, like, when there's ever some kind of great sports moment and, like, you know, an arena holds 20,000 people, but, like, there's 200,000 people walking around on any given day. And you're like, oh, I was there for that. I saw that in person. Um, like, imagine everybody, like, however many people in Section 328 that all could stick a claim to that. So I'm going to get on that. I will, right. I will look into that. I have another Kane's Mystery uh, your that I am sort of in progress on, and okay. I will add this to it. I will add this to my Kane's list. Perfect. Jeremy Markovich, NC Rabbit Hole, joins us every Thursday. Appreciate you, Jeremy. We will talk to you next Thursday. All right. Thanks, Joe. Be good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Joining me now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline is Trip Tracy.
color analyst, Bally Sports, Carolina Hurricanes. And Trip, I'm I'm ready to raise the banner, man. First game, four one. <laughs> Canes look good. That's it, right? That's all you need. Just gotta win the first one and we could we can we could celebrate now. <laughs> I guess if this was um the long program of figure skating in the Olympics, uh, that it comes down to just every four years that that one opportunity. <laughs> but um yeah, it's, it, it, Joe, you're dead right. I mean, when when you have a season opener at home and knowing that you're, as I'm driving to the airport right now to head to San Jose, knowing that you have a, a five-game road trip, um, it, last night felt, and the expectations, the excitement here in the 25th season in Carolina, it felt like uh, you needed a win. And uh, the Hurricanes... I thought built a game. Freddie Anderson allowed him to hang around in the second half for regulation. They looked the way that I'm sure all the uh, the great Kaniacs hoped they'd look, and it was a it was a great night. I want to talk about Marty Natchez, and he's the obvious person to talk about. But first, I want to ask you about Seth Jarvis. Has an outstanding rookie season, and then in my opinion, was even better in the playoffs. Now, there's a tendency trip when you go into year two to think, wow. And trust me, this is a superficial view, but there's a tendency to think, wow, that was really easy. I'm just going to do that the rest of my career. Well, as you know, there's such a thing called a sophomore slump for a reason. And we haven't really talked a whole lot about Seth because he had that outstanding year. And there's, there's been some other concerns for him to score the first goal of the season. And in the way that he did on the line that he did, I mean, that's that's another one of those great signs for this year. And I, I know it's only one game, but gosh, the more the, the more he does the more you're impressed with him. Just some of your thoughts on, on Seth and his first game and the way that he started his second season. Well, I mean, the first thing I think about, Joe, is that uh, a lot of great players in this league have taken a step back or plateaued their second season, yeah. maybe even sometimes into the third season in the league um, because you know, they're not going to take anybody by surprise. So uh, I think you would often say if for a player that earned his way to the National Hockey League in every way like Seth did last year, if he could even this year stay at that level, you'd take that. If he can build upon it, that's a bonus because I, I that's a special player if he's able to take a next step uh, when there's full recognition how hard the league is and there's full recognition from any opponent, whether it be Columbus last night or San Jose tomorrow night, uh, that you, you have to keep an eye on Seth Jarvis. His goal last night was a, you know, Aho really started to get to his game in the in the second period, and he he did an excellent job turning the puck over with pressure. But then it's a goal scorer's goal, and I've yeah. spent a lot of the last two or th- probably three four months thinking about how I define what a natural goal scorer is, and because I think as a rookie, Seth Jarvis, you could make an argument, was the the most talented natural finisher on the roster. That's why I think you know Don Waddell has done an excellent job. I know Pacioretty's not available right now, but Paul Stastny, these are guys that have had the ability to finish. You hope that your young core will uh, gain more confidence and the ability to find the back of the net with all the chances generated. But for me, roughly, it's uh, putting yourself in a position to receive pucks to immediately take advantage, like he did on that goal, uh, to be able to make sure that you get it through uh, with pressure coming, and then the, the and it's sequential. 
The third thing is knowing where the goaltender is, knowing perhaps what his weak spots might be, knowing where the openings are in the net, and being able to thoughtfully decide where your shot location is. And that's the best definition that I've been able to come up with for what a natural goal scorer is. And I said, I think Seth Jarvis has those three things. Uh, and so for him to, I mean, score certainly as big of a goal as there was because Columbus, when they were up one nothing, had a bunch of chances to extend their lead. That really got the building going, and that that got Carolina sports check going for the rest of the night. Trip Tracy, color analyst, Valley Sports, Carolina Hurricanes, joining us here on the OG. Joe, she's out today. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, let's get to Natchez because there, there has been a lot of talk in this off season, and. You know, I, I get it. A young player struggles, and he's in a contract year, and you say to yourself, ah, we don't need that guy. Uh, and, and listen, Don Waddell doesn't need me to tell him how great he is, but I'm going to tell you, Tripp, they, it, a lot of other people would have given up on, on Natchez after last year, but I, I love that they looked at what Natchez is as a player and the talent that he has and says, that doesn't grow on trees. And, and I think, obviously, you have someone like Rod Brendamore, he's going to get the best out of him. Just, I mean, could you even ask for a better start for the season than Marty Natchez than the goal and the two assists last night? Uh, partner, he, he was the guy. I talked to Adam Gold about it before the game last night. He was the guy. You want everybody to get off to a good start. But he was the guy, if I could pick one, yep. that I was hoping for would more than any other. Uh, much the same the last couple of seasons, Nino Niederreiter either scored the first goal or, or the, in the first game. And the reason I say that is, is certain players, I just think, need something good to happen early. And for Natchez, I think that it settles him down. It makes him be more of a contributing line mate as, as opposed to a one-trick pony. Uh, but he earned every bit of what he got last night as the first star with his work ethic. He played straight-line hockey. Uh, he was not Han Solo. Uh, in the way that he played the game like he has been at times in the past. And looking at it, as you alluded to, I give a ton of credit to the Hurricanes uh, for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, I'm not in the boardroom, uh, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, I know you spoke with Tom Dundon yesterday, if, if, if Tom Dundon and Don Waddell offered him right around this time last year a pretty lucrative long-term extension, Natchez decided to bet on himself. Things did not go well, and he ends up, you know, signing uh, a short-term deal uh, and a prove-yourself type deal. So I, I just give a ton of credit to the team uh, for knowing that you have to be patient with the skill set that he has that very few others do, Joe. And I also give a lot of credit to Marty Natchez because if he turned down a deal that maybe he, in hindsight, would have liked to have taken – the acceptance of that, knowing there isn't anything you can do about it, about except what you do today and moving forward, that's easier said than done. So both parties, uh, I, I, I'm very, very high accolades. Uh, and, I mean, he was terrific last night. But the best part about it was it all started with his work. And even aside from his three points, on the critical overturn goal uh, that Sillinger for Columbus was offside, it was the pressure killing a penalty coming back from Marty Natchez that forced Sillinger to be offside. So he, he had his uh, footprints and handprints all over that game last night, and he was the guy that I was really hoping would be a pivotal part early. Gaines win 4-1 to over Columbus. They take on the San Jose Sharks Friday night. You, you can, of course, listen to that game right here on 99.9 The Fan. 
You'll hear Mike Maniscalco. You'll hear our guest, Trip Tracy, and let you go on this trip. One thing I really love about hockey, when there's a return game for a player, they don't mince words, right? So Brent Burns goes back. He's going to play San Jose. And when I see that, I say to myself, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear, like, Baker Mayfield this year, oh, it's just another game, or Sam Darnold last year, oh, it's just another game. Hockey always gets this right. You always see a goalie start against his old team, and you always see a guy go back and say, yeah, man, I wanted that one just a little bit more. Now, you know, Burns' case, certainly there's probably not a whole lot of animosity there, but I'm sure it's going to be a special night for him. I think the best part about it, I think there are myriad of reasons, but the best part about it is I think his teammates that I'm about to see on this plane and Brent shortly, he is already beloved. Yes. You know, he's been here uh, for a few months. Uh, he has such an engaging personality, a balance of being an elite fit pro, but simultaneously being a kid at heart, positive. I mean, massively positive energy every day. So his teammates, are going to want it to be special for him. So I think coming game two with a lot of new faces beyond Brent Burns, I think the timing of it is perfect, Joe. And it's at the beginning of a long road trip where you're hoping that you can find chemistry that sometimes takes a little bit of time when you have some new faces. So all of these things considered, a guy that won a Norris Trophy in San Jose, was the face of the franchise, went to a Stanley Cup final, only to lose the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I, I think this game, game number two, comes at absolutely the right time for Brent, but for the Carolina Hurricanes, because they're going to want to win it. Even with traversing the country today, San Jose played in the Czech Republic last week um, against Nashville. They're going to want it really badly. Trip Tracy, you can watch him tomorrow night on Valley Sports. Listen to him right here on 99.9 The Fan. It's the Canes at the Sharks, a little Canes after dark, 10.30 our time. Trip, you got a long road trip ahead of you. Enjoy. Be safe. We will talk to you next Thursday. And uh, Great to see you last night. Great to see you on the siren. Great to have you back on the call, man. Appreciate you. Joe, it was awesome. And uh, great to talk to you, and I look forward to talking to you and seeing you soon. Thanks again to Trip Tracy. Every Thursday, catch up with him during the Canes season. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Joining me now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, it's Brooke Pryor from ESPN. She covers the Steelers, does a whole lot more with the NFL. Appreciate her every Thursday coming on with us. And Brooke, I where do we start with the Steelers this week? Because I actually took them and the 14 points on the premise of well, that's a proud. That's a proud franchise, and and they're being disrespected. And then I guess the the third string Steelers could not hang with the best team in the NFL. What? It, well, give me as Joe Obvious not here, but I'll I'll give it the I'll channel my Joe Obvious. Give me a vibe check on the Steel City man. After that, just awful. It's bad. performance. It's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, I think all you need to know about the vibes 
are the in the locker room afterward, Arthur Millette, who's a, a defensive player, cornerback. He's been in this organization two, maybe three years. Not he, so he, he's not like a long time guy here. He's he's a bit of a journeyman. Uh, he was walking around the locker room after the game, yelling at others, mostly to no one in particular. Kind of to Marcus Allen, who's an inside linebacker, special teams guy, questioning guys. Um, their drive, their want to, questioning how much they loved the game. The main thing oh. is how much they loved the game. Um, and you know this what, is a Mike bit Tom- player. Yes, I mean, Mallet. Okay. Mallet's. I. He's. He's kind of like their slot corner. He. Okay. He's a starter, but he. He is not like Cam Hayward. He hasn't been here sure. for a decade. Um, but he has been in a lot of organizations. So he. I think that he would know maybe what it looks like when it feels like somebody isn't giving their all. Was the Q and word then, used? I, I don't I don't believe the Q word was used. Okay. I, I was not in the locker room. I was told about it afterward. I was waiting to get the vibe check from Mike Tomlin. And, you know, he was Mike Tomlin. He's going to be even killed all the time. But you know what? We did ask Mike Tomlin about that interaction uh, when he did his Tuesday press conference. And Tomlin said, you know, I'm I'm okay with guys being emotional like that after the game. That's what you would expect. Everyone in that locker room is disappointed about how that game went. And so you would reasonably expect them to express that. He also said that he didn't feel like he was, he, he didn't feel like it was a problem that they were showing disappointment and frustration on the sideline in the fourth quarter to him. The biggest issue is that they weren't executing before that. And so that's, you know, I, I think that, that he, he was not going to scold his team for, for showing those kind of emotions. Brooke Pryor, ESPN joining us here on the OG. Joe August is out today. I'm Joe Giglio. Steelers are one in four after an embarrassing loss to the Buffalo Bills. I keep seeing information on my Twitter timeline. Brooke, we've reached the Matt Canada portion of our programming. I knew you'd be so excited. Okay, here's the thing. I don't dislike Matt Canada. I, I am just more marveled at how he has been able to climb the ladder. I fully expect him to get fired by the Steelers. I fully expect him to break their tradition and fire him during this season. And Brooke, he's going to end up being like the head coach of the Patriots next year. <laughs> I am telling you, that's what I When you're marvel, blessed, you're blessed. I, I, don't I know. marvel I at Matt Canada. I don't hate on Matt Canada. I do find it to be curious that I can figure out his plays um, pretty much. And anyone can after you've seen a couple of Matt Canada games. This is, this is not a gift I singularly possess. I will, I will not claim that. Um, but h- how is it this week? We did this whole thing with your friend and our friend, Jonathan Jones last year about, okay, when are they going to fire Matt rule double J? And so I feel like we, we should start that this week with, <laughs> all right, Brooke, when are they going to fire Matt Canada? I, I will say, based on conversations I've had in the locker room, obviously the offense is frustrated. The receivers have not even caught a touchdown pass yet. But, and I know and I know who I am saying this to, I do not think that this is all on Matt Canada. I Do I think his play calls are great? No. Do I think that the plan is great? No. But I also think that there is just a lack of buy-in and trust in the plan. And because of that, it's holding this team back offensively. I think that guys are missing assignments. They're not always running the right routes. And those things are harder to tell in the moment because 
if you don't know what the route's supposed to be, it's hard to know if, if they ran the right or the wrong one until the, until there's an obvious miscommunication with the quarterback. Um, but I think, and this to me goes back to things that Mitch Trubisky was saying in the beginning of the season, after the week one game, I believe after the week two loss, the thing that he kept saying was guys have to buy in. We have to trust each other. We have to stop, you know, we, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Sometimes receivers are, are offering up plays. Guys are trying to get involved in the huddle. And they just were not necessarily sticking to the game plan. And so I wonder how much that is affecting this offense, that when you're not giving the plays that are called a chance because you don't believe in them, it's kind of it, – it's not going to work. And maybe it wasn't going to work in the first place, but I do think that that's something that is – it's harder to identify and it's it's a harder tangible thing to look at because we can look at the play calls all day and be like, God, that was, that was bad. Why are they still, you know, why can't they effectively run the ball? Things like that. But I think that there is a larger thing happening here within this offense and just a lack of trust in Canada. And so I think, yeah, it could very well end in him not having a job beyond this season, but I don't know that it will translate into him losing his job in season. Uh, I got a Starbucks on that with you. The next time I see you, we'll go either way on that one. Okay. Okay. I like I feel, it. I, I like feel it. good about that. Uh, I'm going to let you go on this. You, you covered the NFL. You used to be here uh, in, in North Carolina. So you have a good sense of the league and you have a good sense of the Panthers. I think. How does the rest of the league view the Panthers job now that it's open? It's a good question. It, I would not say that it's like, the most desirable thing of all time, but there are good pieces there. There are good pieces in Carolina. I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey, even though he seems to be a walking injury, like when he's healthy and I realize that that's a massive asterisk. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. I think this defense is really, really solid. I think that makes it an appealing destination. Um, At the same time, I wonder what kind of questions there are about ownership and David Tepper and just the, I mean, the whole, we're going to build a practice facility in South Carolina. No, we're not. I mean, it seems like it's not maybe the most stable ownership, Um, but it's an intriguing division. I don't think, you know, that it's, that everyone is going to throw their hat in the ring, but I'm interested to see what Steve Wilkes can do. And if he will get a real shot to be the head coach of the Panthers, if that's something that he wants. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, catch her on Get Up. Is that tomorrow? Yes, I will be on tomorrow, and this just in in the afternoon. Perfect. Uh, listen, here, I got one job for you this week while we wait for okay. our wager to play out. Oh, I want boy. you to count how many times Tom Brady is actually brought to the ground in the entirety of the game on Sunday. Will you do that for me? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to need more than one hand. I may not need probably more, not than, more like, than one thumb. digit, so we'll see. Yeah. I know, it yeah, depends yeah. on if you start with your index finger or your thumb, but yeah, I, I don't think it's, I think it's going to be hard to keep track of that. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, appreciate your time. Best of luck to you counting. I know it's going to be difficult for you. <laughs> I and did save go to up. UNC. It's hard. I understand. I know. Well, I understand. Save up for that coffee as well. And we'll talk to you again next Thursday. So, sounds great. Thanks for having me. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.